Now, it's health and well-being with naturopath Peter Mullen. That means it's Tuesday. Peter Mullen, good afternoon. Lots and lots happening on the big program. You were away last week just on holidays again. <laughs> well, someone has to have them. Someone has to have them, and last someone week it was you. Them. That's right. But this week, uh, we're... We, You've brought in a page full of swear words, <laughs> words that I'm not allowed to mention, like fasting. Absolutely. It's, it's some really exciting times with um, research and science at the moment, looking at the benefits of not only um, what's been termed intermittent fasting, but for something I'm a big fan of at the moment, and that's um, time-restricted eating. Well, we will have a look at that. Uh, intermittent fasting, a beginner's guide, Peter. <laughs> Good afternoon, John at Madawi. Some fasciitis happening in the heel. Hey, look, I was just wondering if there's any uh, other natural uh, remedies I can do for fasciitis. It's uh, pretty much um, pretty bad at the moment. Now, I've been doing the calf-stretching exercises and the roll-on tennis ball and icing and... It's still not of a morning. It's really bad, obviously. Yeah, look, plantar, is it, is it in one, one foot or both? Only in one. Okay. So plantar fasciitis is an inflammation of the um, ligaments and tendons in the sole. So um, there's a couple of things you can do. It's worthwhile seeing a podiatrist and seeing whether an orthotic might help. Okay. Um, from, a, from an anti-inflammatory point of view, um, getting some turmeric, a good turmeric supplement, and there's also a herb called boswellia, which is a really good anti-inflammatory we use for arthritis. So if you can get a supplement containing turmeric and boswellia. And the other thing that, um, and rest obviously is really important, still doing your stretches, etc. The other thing is, you know, bathing your feet in Epsom salts, um, massaging your feet, and then, you know, putting um, rapid gels quite good putting a sock on when you go to bed but it can take it can take ages for ligaments to, and tendon inflammation to settle down so you just got to gently keep at it some great advice there and uh, lots of things to keep in mind there's so many things that can go wrong with this peter absolutely yeah absolutely look. and plantar fasciitis is a, is a pain because it can once it's triggered off it can last for you know three months six months nine months 12 mm. months but um i find people getting their feet assessed and getting orthotics really can help reduce the length and then it's more like what um, John's been doing is mm. trying to manage the inflammation. But turmeric and boswellia works really well if you can get the oh, get a I, good quality one and the right dosage. I guess particularly when it, when it's your feet, we have to get up and move around. So it's, yeah, well, it's, it's not gonna, like your arm where you can try and nurse a little bit better. Yeah, it's yeah. going to remind you every day as soon as you stand, isn't it, that there's, a, there's an issue. Let's get into our topic of the day, uh, a beginner's guide to intermittent fasting. Now, you've got a couple of diets you want to throw at us to start with. Well, there's, there's, there's two, two concepts, like... Today, um, I was going to talk just about intermittent fasting, but mm. I also want to talk about um, something that I'm probably even more excited about, and this is this um, time-restricted eating. So we'll start with the intermittent fasting. And, um, you know, you, you've heard of the 5-2 diet? Yeah. Is this where you like, eat for five and don't eat for yeah, two? Yeah, eat, am I, am I eat for close? five. You eat your normal healthy um, baseline diet for the five days, and then for two days you eat... Um, like a restricted amount of calories on those two days. So the idea is that by having those two days of um, less food input, you're actually stimulating the metabolism and you're helping with fat burning and you're you know, reducing some of the markers associated with metabolic disease. So when you say restricted, restricted calories, what, does that, what do those days actually look like if we're going to go ahead with this style of diet? Well, look, some people do, will try and do 500 calories on those two days. So those two days might look like, uh, say, a smoothie for lunch, 
um, chicken and salad for lunch and maybe a small piece of fish and vegetables for dinner. Uh, I didn't hear breakfast in that, Peter. Is that, <laughs> that, that, that gets was a chopped smoothie. <laughs> so on those two days, you want to sort of stick to around the 500 calories and then go mm. back to your normal. And actually, interestingly, a lot of cultures around the, the world do, you know, a, for religious reasons, they'll do days of fasting, even to the point of water fast. And... You know, even some, one of my practices used to do Monday, she'd do like a juice fast, which isn't really a fast because you're having juices, but every Monday she'd just have a day of having vegetable juice. Mm. Just again, the idea is to rest the, rest the body. But um, So that's the, that's the concept between these, um, like that's what intermittent fasting is, is where your normal diet and then for a couple of days of that week you do this reduced calorie input. There, there is another one called the 16-8 diet. Now that, that doesn't yeah, involve more, moving food. Yeah. No, that's the time restricted, mm-hmm. which I'm going to go into in a, in a minute. So with the um, 5-2 diet, um, you know, people are doing it for weight loss. Um, they're also doing it to manage weight. But actually, we will talk about this, this the latest bit of information. There's, there's quite a bit of research going on looking at what's called our body clock. So as you might may or may not know, our body has a 24-hour schedule. Different functions happen at different times. Like our liver's not doing liver stuff all the time. Like at certain times of the day, it's detoxing and repair. Same with our immune system. So our body has a 24-hour clock. And that clock is called our circadian rhythm, and it's pretty much governed initially by sunlight. So we have light receptors in our eyes, and even blind people have light receptors in their eyes, and that feeds through to a part of our hypothalamus that's like the the central part of this clock that helps us to wake up in the morning, go to sleep, then you know, the night time. But what they've found is that other organs, so so that's the primary clock is we're governed by light. But they've found these peripheral clocks. They've found that our liver has a clock, our pancreas has a clock, our bowel and gut has a clock, you know, where it's not always going to be digesting food. It should set aside a certain amount of time to repair and rebuild. It's almost like a a company that might be a 24-hour business where you have sort of the the day work people coming in and clocking on 9 to 5, the afternoon shift and night shift. They all are doing separate functions at different time, but all are needed to keep the big old wheels moving. Absolutely. So the the idea is, and, and, and the gut's a really good example. So the idea is, they call it the 16-8 diet, where basically, 16-8, is that 24? Yeah. It is. So basically, with this, with this style of um, diet, you eat your dinner between 6 and 7 of the night time. And ideally, this is what's really fascinating, ideally you don't eat the next day until about 10.30 if you can. Ideally. Yeah, my wife wouldn't suit that. Mm. She has to eat when she first gets up, but she's trying to push that back a little bit as mm. well. So the idea is that you go, you've go, you got this window where you're not putting any more food in your system for, say, 16 hours. Now, interestingly, every time we eat anything, it triggers an inflammatory response in the body. You know, our greatest potential contact with the outside world is the food we put into our body every day. So what they've found, interestingly, I'm really excited about this, and what they've found, and again, it goes back to old naturopathic and Ayurvedic concepts, what they've found, so every time we eat, it causes an inflammatory response. And obviously, if we go for periods of time where we're not eating, it it gives the body time to rest and recover. So if someone's got like gut issues, like a leaky gut, by not eating from 7 to maybe 10.30 the next morning, you're actually giving your your gut more time to heal and repair. So what the interesting thing they found in this study was it didn't matter so much what people ate. I don't know if I should say this out loud. <laughs> so even people that didn't have a great diet, 
if they restricted the time period that they were eating, so you're only eating between 10.30 and 6, which is your eight-hour window, didn't matter so much what those people ate. What was more important was restricting it to the time frame. Because the body has to do what it has to do to... So the body had all of that time to heal, repair, recover, detox... And as I said, you know, for my wife, she can't she can't do that straight away because her blood sugar level's too low in the morning. She'd eat a small child if they got between her and the... <laughs> Peter, this week it is Intermittent Fasting, A Beginner's Guide. Because uh, we do hear a lot about it. It can be a bit scary if you're not really into the whole giving up food for a while. But we want to have a look at some of the benefits now of intermittent fasting. Absolutely. And again, just differentiating between... So the 5-2 diet is what I would call intermittent fasting. Okay. It's where you're fasting on those two days. We're also today talking about time-restricted eating, which is the 16-8 mm. window. Both of those are very scary. Uh, it's actually, I've been doing, we'll talk in the last section, we'll, we'll have a look at your diet and I'll tell you how you can oh, do dear. your diet on a 16-8 okay. plan. <laughs> if you say so. And you can trial it for a week and tell me whether you reckon you feel better for it. Okay. I'll do my best. It's, it's actually amazing. Like, since I've been doing it, mm trialing it out like the fact that you're not having breakfast you've got to prepare your breakfast and take it to have later in the day if Mm. you can the fact that you're not getting up and having to have breakfast it saves you so much time in the morning well you just use it to sleep in there your body uh, we're doing some more repairing yeah and and, um, as naturopaths for years what's funny is people you know people have been saying to me for years oh i don't have breakfast and us naturopaths would say, no, breakfast, you have to have something to eat first mm. thing. It gets your metabolism going and sets you up for the day. Now we're saying, if you don't have breakfast, don't worry. Just have it later in the morning. And they're saying, great, that really suits me. So it's crazy because we used to do the, you know, six small meals a day. Yeah. Back in the day, it was the Fit for Life program where you'd have fruit up until lunchtime. So, oh, geez, we're all a bit fickle with um. But this, this, this stuff really is making more sense to me. So, in terms of intermittent fasting, um, <laughs> Sorry, wait, wait. back to the benefits. All back, right. to the, back to the benefits. Um, what about sh- sugar? Um, because our bodies kind of run on glucose, don't they? Yeah. Well, they, as we've talked about in this program before, sugar is you know a very small amount of sugar or glucose is beneficial. Too much glucose, any more than that, is actually causes damage. Um, our bodies, for most of us, tend to run on glucose or simple sugar. When you fast for a longer period of time, you tend to use up that sugar store so one of the benefits again of not eating straight away is you're starting and and this again it goes against so many old concepts i'm recommending to some people to get up and train before they eat so what you're doing is you're using up glycogen or stored sugar in your muscles and your liver so for people trying to lose weight this can be a bit of a key of trying to reset their metabolism a bit as well so, so does that also fall through when it, where we're talking about like the maybe body fat that might be sitting around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that in some respects, the intermittent fasting and the and the time restricted eating can help um, a person get into fat burning, where they'll produce molecules called ketones, which the body then uses as a new source of fuel. So generally, your energy levels are going to so fat loss, energy levels are going to improve. Um, one huge benefit of in, both intermittent fasting and particularly the time restricted eating is what's called cellular autophagy and it's a process in which the body breaks down old weakened and damaged cells and recycles them to make energy so again the body has more time to do its housework and as i was saying the best way to heal a leaky gut is don't eat the best way to help someone with irritable bowel they'll tell you is i feel the best when i'm not eating anything so it's kind of interesting Mm. so but obviously you do have to eat but you want to do it in a way that's going to cause less inflammation another huge benefit um um, is 
um, helping improve insulin sensitivity, so it helps with insulin resistance. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole heap of stuff. So improved insulin sensitivity, the immune system is going to be more effective. Now, interestingly, they've found that there's reduced oxidative stress and reduced inflammation because you're not triggering that inflammatory response every time you eat. Which comes back to what you're saying to start with, is that the thing that it gives us the most inflammation is eating. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't mm. it? And people, you know that, because if you eat a meal, particularly if you eat over it, you then feel like you've got to go and have a, a lay down in the oh, afternoon. Don't like you it, ever. <laughs> takes so, much, so it takes a lot of energy to digest <clears throat> our food. So kind of makes sense. Um, increased growth hormone... Improved hormone sensitivity stimulates production of more efficient mitochondria, so your energy, your focus, your concentration is going to be better. Um, and and you don't feel hungry. That's the funny thing with this is you're, you're normalising your ghrelin, which is a, a, your satisfaction hormone that we produce. Do we find it takes a while for to make that change? Cause yeah, it does. yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, because to Good start question. with, you are going to be hungry. Yeah, first few days you might feel pretty crappy, particularly if you're used to having breakfast. Um, but after a little while, um, and the challenge is then, obviously, the biggest, the hardest part for people is to not eat after 7 o'clock of the night time. Uh, just a question that had come through from Margaret from Cliff League uh, there for you, Peter. Um, she was talking about the six, the sixteen eight diet and asking, does it exclude liquids like coffee and alcohol during the fasting hours? Uh, alcohol, definitely. Um, some people are saying that um, coffee's okay, that you can have up to 40 calories in that, in that period. Um, I, I would think if you're going to have coffee, I think I'd go with a black coffee. Like I'm saying to patients, um, wake up, have your hot water and lemon, have your cup of green tea, have your cup of black tea or black coffee, and, but no, no alcohol in the fasting period because it's, alcohol's really a food. Uh, is it possible, Peter, to do the 5-2 program and the 16-8 uh, program diets at the same time? Well, what they've found so far with, with my studies, and they're actually doing a big study now, they're after volunteers that want to sign up and download an app and actually get involved in recording their food and everything, so they're looking at human studies, is they found that if people did, the say, the 16-8 through the week and then the weekend reverted back to their old pattern, so two days, so five days on, two days off, they found that the benefits achieved still lasted. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly what um, Denise was asking, but I, I kind of think that the same principle might apply. I think you could do the restricted eating for five days and still do your two days of restricted calories and sticking to similar time frames, just reducing the calories on those days. Particularly if um, the main thing, I guess, is to maintain, you know, make sure you're maintaining your muscle mass, etc. But I, I definitely think it could be a combination of the two would actually work quite well. Thank you for that, Denise, and thank you, Peter. So, uh, for those who haven't done the intermittent fasting and wanting to give it a go, uh, you want to sort of take us through how, how to get set up, how to get started. All right. So, I thought we'd look at your diet. But <coughs> before we do that, um, keep in mind if you're hypoglycemic, diabetic, pregnant, breastfeeding, or you're on a heap of medication that you take first thing in the morning, you really need to speak to someone about that. Like, you know, any recommendation here, do your own research, but find someone that knows about this yeah. and get o some Obviously, help. you don't want to sort of say, hey, don't have breakfast until 11 o'clock, and if you're on a heap of pills, we have to have yes. first thing with you. Yes, them, yes, obviously. so obviously people have to keep that in mind. This won't be for everybody initially. Um, so, yes, yeah, so your schedule. So, so the idea is on waking, would mm. you have, do you have a cup of tea or a black coffee? Nope. Or 
Do you have anything in the morning? I might have a bit of water with breakfast, maybe, maybe not. Would you? So what I'm recommending for mm. my patients is that this is where they have their hot water with a squeeze of lemon in it. All right? One of the best ways to just start that detox process. And So that's your homework. This is about um, six in the morning. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the idea is what, do you, what would you normally have for breakfast? I would probably have a couple of toasted sandwiches. Okay, well, we might have to work on that. Can you have... So, so again, we're, we're not going to be critical of your diet. No, of we're just, we're not. looking at the pattern. So, not. what about if we said it? So, at ten thirty, what about if you had well, one toasted? Gonna, well, how's that going to work? Because I'm here till midday, Peter. So, I've thrown you, I've thrown your your experiment out the window. So, no, we're going to be well, midday. No, what it means is we might have to get you onto like a protein smoothie that you literally can just have the out there in the kitchen, mm. and then while a song's playing, you could literally go out there and. Oh, have so a, there's the breakfast. Okay, gotcha. Up there for thinking. Yep. So a toasted sandwich or a smoothie of some description, mm. but you want to. The idea is that you don't have anything on waking other than your water. Mm. So at ten thirty, you'd have your breakfast. So for some patients, it might be you have a smoothie. Then with you, you might have one of your toasted sandwiches, not two. I'm su- suggesting. Um, you may have you know a small bowl of you know cereal with coconut yogurt and rice milk or something. Then at one thirty would be when you have your lunch. So what do you have for lunch? Um, it, it really depends on the day. Yeah. Well, what have you got today? Um, I've got a, a couple. I'm putting of, you on the spot uh, here. Uh, well, I'm going to. People always mock my fruit sandwiches. I've got a couple of bread rolls, and I'm going to cut an apple up, and that's going to go on that. So two by bread rolls. Yep. And an apple. That's pretty good, isn't All right. it? Um, no, no, but that's okay. Okay, fairly high in carbohydrates <laughs> is what we're thinking so far. What about the apple? Does the apple get a curtsy? Uh, no, you don't. Oh, like- yeah, no, the apple. The apple does, but I'd rather you have your apple for afternoon tea. Okay, fruit. Fruit's funny. I always think fruit's best on an empty tummy, so I wouldn't have two bread rolls. Oh, you, you are you putting your apple on your bread roll? Yeah, it's an apple sandwich. Okay, yeah, that's un- unusual. Anyway, so some other alternatives that some of the listeners might like to try yeah. is for lunch is where you do some sort of protein mm. and salad or leftover veggies and stir fry from the night before mm. um, or like you know I'm not a fan of bread rolls and carbs no that's all I know. that's all yeah. so protein and salad will have your lunch but again not being critical of your diet if you just try and stick to this time frame you'll actually feel better anyway um, afternoon tea then I'd have your apple and then dinner, you want to have between six and seven of a night, seven of a night time, and you'd have then your protein, a little bit of protein with veg. Well, that's that's pretty much my dinners all the way. But I'm I'm usually had dinner around about six o'clock, so that's okay. I'm doing and all right. no food after dinner. Mm. He's writing that in red pen. That might be yeah. A, a bit it's of a been estimated that you know you increase your risk of having in males increased risk of a heart attack, one point five times greater risk of having a heart attack if you regularly eat after dinner of a night time because if you imagine the theory is that the your digestive fire or digestive energy is lowest in the morning highest at lunchtime lowest again of a night time so you don't want to eat of a night time and then go to bed because all that food's just going to sit there that is one of the problems i think you might be onto something here peter i'm not going to completely take well, it well i'm going to give you that sheet that i've just written your program out and you can practice that for next week and let us know we'll do my best peter look a great program and next week around you'll be uh, talking about something you've just given me a heap of now stress managing <laughs> stress next week that's it what can you tell us about that um 
Yes, we'll, we'll focus on your stress levels oh, and um, just some tips around stress and understanding what stress is and how it affects. And actually, the stress and the I'll talk a bit about the restrict time restricted eating and cortisol as well because it all sort of ties in together. A great program next week. Thank you, Peter Mullen. Thank you, Mark. There he is, our naturopath, Peter Mullen, with Health and Wellbeing, 2NURFM 103.7.